0: All right, Psalm chapter number 49 tonight, Psalm chapter number 49, and uh, he mentioned the meeting where Brother Gravely was, and uh, had the opportunity earlier today to go on Facebook. If you have uh, one of those, go on uh, Walter Gr- Walter's Grove Baptist Church, their uh, Facebook page, And uh, Brother Gravely's doing some good preaching out there, and I know that that church is getting some help. Amen. So that was a blessing to us today. And if you have the opportunity, you ought to go back and listen to some of the messages that he's been preaching this week. Psalm chapter number 49 tonight. Psalm 49. And uh, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, continuing our study uh, in the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter number 49 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Hear this, all you people. Give ear all ye inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. I will incline mine ear to a parable, and I will open my dark sayings upon the harp. Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil, when the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about? They that trust in their wealth, and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, None of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever. But he should still live forever, and not see corruption. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person. Uh, They leave their wealth to others. Uh, Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever, and their dwelling places to all generations They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, man being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beast that perish. This their way is their folly, yet their posterity approve their sayings, Selah. Like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume uh, in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, For he shall receive me, Selah. Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away, and his glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, he blessed his soul, and men will praise thee when thou doest well to thyself. He shall go out to the generation of his fathers, and they shall never see light. A man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beasts that perish. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, Lord, for the service tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the good uh, singing that we've heard. Lord, stir in our hearts, and we thank you, Lord, for the good uh, testimony, Lord, that we've heard tonight. And God, we're thankful tonight, Lord, that you uh, know us. God, you've given us the privilege, Lord, to know you. But Lord, it's even more important, God, we can say that you know us. I'm thankful, Lord, tonight for what Uh, Your Word says, I am my beloved and he is mine. And I'm thankful, Lord, for the communion and the union that we have uh, with you through Jesus Christ our Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, tonight, God, that you would help us, Lord, as we stand to preach the Word of God tonight. I pray, God, that you would anoint us, breathe upon us tonight, help us in this service. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you'd speak to our hearts, draw us closer to yourself, Lord, as we look to the Word of God. Help us to apply it to our heart and our life. We ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Psalm chapter number 49 tonight. We look to the Word of God. And uh, upon studying this psalm, it's not really uh, uh, clear who wrote this psalm. And it's not really clear uh, the time frame that it was written in. But the subject matter... And uh, the idea that's brought forth in this psalm is something that every generation, every people group, every age group uh, can take and apply to their heart and their life. If we look at this psalm tonight, the main theme uh, has to do with wealth. It has to do uh, with how an individual responds to wealth and how they... Uh, respond to money and what they do with that. And then on the other hand, on the flip side, is what an individual does with God and does with the knowledge of God. And they're standing uh, kind of in a gap or standing in a a place of decision uh, between money uh, and God. And so we see uh, the outcome uh, in verse number 20 that says that man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beast that perish. and the psalmist compares uh, the man who follows after wealth and who follows after God and does not—excuse uh, me—does not follow after God. Uh, he likens him to a beast or to an animal uh, that perishes, and he's not remembered; he's no longer uh, thought of. But he goes into eternity and uh, faces the consequences of his decision. Now, as we said just a moment ago, we see two kinds of people. Uh, In this psalm tonight, we see this. We see those that make a God of their wealth. But then we find those that find their wealth in God. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I'm part of the latter group tonight. I hadn't had a whole lot to my name, hadn't had a whole lot of wealth uh, in this life. But thank God I'm rich when it comes to the things of God. Notice these people uh, that follow after wealth rather than following after God. The first thing that we see tonight is their character. We find that there are character traits and different aspects of these individuals. The Bible tells us those that choose wealth over God. The first thing that I want you to see tonight is their fear. Their fear in verse number five. Look what the Bible has to say. The psalmist said, Wherefore should I fear in the days of evil when the iniquity of my heels shall compass me about? He's basically saying this, that when my enemy is in pursuit of my life and those that would try to take my life and those that would try to oppress me are upon my heels. He said this, he said, I have no reason to fear because my hope is not in the wealth of this world. It's not in earthly possessions, uh, but my hope is in God tonight. Amen. And we see the one who trusts in their wealth tonight, they have fear. Now, all of us uh, know somebody like this. Uh, We can all put someone that we know uh, probably in this category. But have you ever met anybody tonight who's had a whole lot of money? What's the number one thing that they do about their wealth? They worry about it tonight. Amen. They have a whole lot of money. They have a great abundance in this life. But they worry themselves to death over what they have. Uh, They're constantly worried about uh, the gain that they've got in this life. And uh, it's somehow uh, slipping out of their fingers. That's constantly a fear in in their life. But can I tell you something tonight? If you don't put your trust in wealth and you don't put your trust in possession, but rather you put your trust in God, it doesn't matter if you're poor as Job's turkey tonight. uh, You can have faith uh, rather than fear in the hard times of life. Uh, uh, You can rise to the occasion uh, with faith in your life. It doesn't matter what you have doesn't matter what you don't have. Uh, The fact is, God is with you, and God will see you through the dark times. Uh, uh, You have a peace that money cannot purchase. Uh, uh, You have a joy that money cannot buy. And thank God for the man who will walk in faith in this walk of life rather than fear. We see that first character trait is fear tonight. But then we see that second character trait is not only fear But it is foolishness tonight. Look, in verse number 6, the psalmist tells us this of their foolishness. He says, they that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches. You know what money causes people to do sometimes? It causes them to make foolish decisions. It caused their thought process to be blurred and to be skewed and they begin to trust in what they have and they look around and they see their wealth and really when problems come in their life, they really just assume and they think that they can purchase themselves out of trouble. They can buy their way out of a hard place and really their foolishness comes through in their character. So we see their fear, their foolishness, but then we see their futility all over of it is futile in verse number 8 the Bible tells us this for the redemption of their soul is precious and it ceaseth forever here's what the psalmist is saying he is laying before us the value of an individual soul he is laying before us the value that God has put on life and there is a warning that goes out in the scripture uh, that we're not to boast ourselves of tomorrow uh, we're not to look around and gather up and look at what we've got about uh, what we all to do is think about today and evaluate the condition of our heart, evaluate the status of our soul before Almighty God. Amen. It's futile gathering all their wealth to theirself. What? So they can do what with it? They can't take it with them when they go. We'll see that here in just a few moments, but we see their character. It called, wealth oftentimes can cause individuals to fear. It can cause them to make foolish decisions, but we know it is all futile when, we, when it comes to the end of life. We see their character tonight, but then moving on. I want you to not only think about their character, but think about their corruption. Think about their corruption tonight. When a man trusts in wealth rather than God and puts the emphasis on finances rather than on faith, uh, there is corruption that takes place. Man uh, has a corrupt heart. The Bible teaches us this, that it is not money that is the root of all evil, but it is the love of money that is the root of all evil. I want to stop and say right here, there is nothing wrong with you having money. There is nothing wrong with you and I possessing things in this life. The old statement is, "As money makes the world go round and we know that it takes things to live. We have to pay our bills. We have to work jobs. There has to be funds generated in our bank account or we're not going to have anything to our name. We understand that it takes money to do things and there is nothing wrong with having money, but there is something wrong with money having you tonight. Amen. There is corruption for those uh, that would try to use their wealth to their advantage. The first thing we find is this, is the uh, the wicked use their wealth to their advantage. And we see corruption coming forth when they try to purchase life. They try to purchase life. Look what the Bible says in verse number 7. He said, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. You understand this as well as I do tonight. I hope there's not anybody like this in this room tonight. But there are people in this walk of life who think that they are above others. They think that they have some kind of uh, well to do in society. And they think they have a position that is above other people. And they think that they are better than others because they simply have wealth even to the end that they even try to purchase life. There are people full, our churches are full of people uh, that think because they give and because they have an abundance of wealth, then they're somehow going to come into a right standing with God. But that couldn't be any farther from the truth, could it? They try to purchase life. The psalmist said uh, that, none of them, uh, for, that none of them can purchase their brother. None of them can redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. God's not interested in the amount of money that you have tonight. He's not interested in the abundance of your wealth tonight. As a matter of fact, when you and I stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ, our wealth is going to mean absolutely nothing. It may be weighed in the balance as what you did for the work of Christ and the furtherance of the gospel with your wealth, but as far as a status and a standing before God, it will mean absolutely nothing tonight. They try to purchase life, but then... They try to protect life with their wealth. The Bible said this, that he should still live forever and not see corruption. What people try to do in this world with their wealth, they, they try to build a name for themselves, don't they? They try to build a legacy and that somewhat has uh, has an effect uh, on our life. You think about uh, the great names of those that have had wealth down through the years. One name that comes to mind is uh, the Rockefeller family. We know that Rockefeller was a very, very uh, wealthy man in so, in so much as when you see somebody, you call them moneybags or you call them a Rockefeller it has got a whole lot of wealth to their name. They have tried to live on, their life uh, carry a legacy on in this world but the fact is tonight is every bit of that is going to burn up Uh, all the wicked works in this world uh, they're going to seize the bank account He cannot help an individual uh, when it comes to eternity tonight and they cannot protect their life with their wealth tonight amen Peter said it like this, he said knowing that you've not been redeemed with things like gold and silver, but you've been been redeemed with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, your possessions cannot protect your life, uh, uh, your wealth cannot protect your life. Uh, uh, But I'm glad, thank God, Jesus Christ, uh, he went to Calvary uh, and he didn't give wealth. Uh, He didn't give wealth to do. uh, uh, But he shared his precious blood, uh, uh, more precious than gold or silver or corruptible things. uh, And thank God that is the only thing uh, that can purchase life in this world. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and his precious blood. See, the wicked tries to purchase life. They try to protect life, but then they try to preserve their life. Verse number 11 says this, Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever, and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. There's that legacy that we mentioned, trying to build a name for themselves. And look, I want to be very clear in what I'm saying tonight. There's nothing wrong with leaving your children in inheritance. That's not what this is talking about. That's not making sure that your wife is taken care of if you die, sir. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about taking the emphasis off of God, taking the emphasis off of faith, and putting all of the emphasis on finances and on wealth tonight. Amen. Oh. So there is corruption when it comes to abundance of money. If those passions are left unbridled, if they're not brought into check, if a person is not spirit-filled and they're not living for God and they do not have that accountability with the wealth that they have been given, they will become corrupt. Mark it down every time. We see their character. We see their corruption. I thought about this tonight. There are several examples in the Scripture of how money has ruined a person. You think about Luke chapter number 15. You think about uh, that younger son. He came to his father and he said, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And his father divided his inheritance between the elder son and the younger son. And the younger son, uh, his bank account was full. He, He set his eyes toward the far country. He went and he lived it up, didn't he? Financial irresponsibility ruined that young man's life. Thank God he made his way back to the Father. But there are other instances in Scripture uh, where it didn't fare so well with others. I think about Luke chapter number 12. Jesus tells of another parable of a rich man in Luke uh, chapter number 12. And I just want to turn over there. You don't have to turn over there. But I want to just give you three things about him since we're on the subject tonight. Luke chapter number 12. And we think about this rich man. Verse number 19. The Bible tells us this. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Three things about this this rich man in Luke chapter number 12. You know what the first mistake he made? The first mistake is this, that he mistook himself for God. He mistook himself for God. Notice what he says. He doesn't consult God. This is not a matter of faith to him. But he said in uh, verse number uh, 18, he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns. Uh, And build greater, uh, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, See, he was talking to himself. He mistook himself for God. When wealth goes to a person's head, it it finally reaches into their heart, and there is corruption, and they exalt themselves above others, but then it takes the place of God in their life. He mistook himself for God. For God, he said, I, 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 over and over and over. But he not only mistook himself for God, he mistook his body for his soul. He said this, verse number 19, And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Everything that he had, it had absolutely no effect upon his soul. He was confusing his soul with his body. Here was a man who was living for the here and now. Here was a man whose eyes were on the temporal. He did not care to think about eternity. He did not think about the hereafter. But he had his eyes on the here and now. And that is is what the world lives for today. They live for the here and now. They live for what they can see. It's my body. I'll do what I want to with it. I'll, I'll go and spend this money to uh, gain this pleasure. I'll do this and do that because it makes me feel good. And uh, they live like Solomon of old when they look and whatever uh, their eyes fall upon or whatever uh, their hand finds, uh, uh, the, what if they desire it, they take it for themselves. No consequence, no thought about their actions He mistook himself for God. But then he mistook his body for his soul. He lived for the here and now and gave no thought of eternity. And then that leads us to the next statement. He mistook time for eternity. He mistook time for eternity. He said this, And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Many years. Wasn't worried about the end of his life. Wasn't worried about what was going to take place afterward. Gave no thought for his soul. Gave no thought for his eternity. But he lived for the here and now. You know what God called this man? He called him a fool. But God said unto him, Thou fool, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Notice what God said next. He said, Then who shall those things be? Which thou hast provided gave no thought for eternity I was reading, studying on this earlier today and uh, the commentator said this, we've all heard that old statement, he said I've never seen a U-Haul following a hearse you can't take it with you friend better to trust in God than trust in riches we see their character, we see their corruption but then we find this, we find their conclusion look what the Bible has to say about their conclusion. What is the conclusion of those that put their trust in wealth? Well, the conclusion is this. The rich, they're robbed of their future. They're robbed of their future. Look what the Bible has to say there again in the chapter, Psalm 49. Look at verse number 14. The Bible said, Like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. Do you see what it said in verse number 14? It said, like sheep they are laid in the grave. Death, like a shepherd, takes their life and leads them to the grave, leads leads them to everlasting punishment. The upright shall have dominion over them. The authority that they had because of their financial gain, it's gone like that. Their beauty, they dolled themselves up. They fixed themselves up because they could afford more. They live lavishly in this life. But the Bible says this, that their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. Here today, gone tomorrow, the rich are robbed of their future. But then we think about this tonight. The other conclusion is not only the rich are robbed of their future, but the rich are robbed of their fortune. Everything that they've saved, everything that they've gathered together, it's lost. It's gone. I thought about this tonight. We know we've all heard of King Tut over in Egypt. He was one of the pharaohs. And they said this of King Tut's find when they discovered his tomb. They said the greatest, it was the greatest concentration of wealth of all time and that it would take 10 years just to record and move. But now where is his wealth? Where is his fortune that was laid in the grave with him to go into the afterlife? Where is it now? It's in museums. It's in displays. And people come from all over the world to view this man's wealth. He thought that he was going to take it with him. He fared well in this life. And he gathered it all with him when he thought he was going into the afterlife. Up, But he lifted up his eyes in hell. And he was poorer than he'd ever been. His tomb was robbed in death and his soul was robbed in life. Gathered all those things together and he had absolutely nothing to show for it. The rich, they're robbed of their future. They're robbed of their fortune. But then the rich are robbed of their faith. You know, when a person puts all their trust in their wealth, you know, that is a, a type of faith. But it's just sadly misplaced, isn't it? Everybody, God said this in His Word that He's given every man a measure of faith. Everybody has the opportunity and the ability to exercise faith. Everybody has faith in something. Even the Buddhist or the Muslim tonight, they have faith at Buddha's teaching or Allah or the prophet Muhammad. They have faith that somehow that is enough. Just as we believe in Jesus Christ tonight, they don't possess the eternal life we have. They don't possess the reality they have. But sincerely tonight, they have put their faith in that system and they sincerely believe they are right. But the sad fact is tonight is that faith is sadly misplaced. You're putting faith in something tonight. Don't trust in riches. Trust in God. What do you and I have as believers tonight? We've looked at the wicked. We've looked at those that do not trust God, but they rather trust their wealth. But I just want to examine for just a few moments tonight on what the righteous have. What you and I possess as believers. We may not have a lot. There's all kinds of... Uh, tax brackets in this building tonight. There's all kinds of uh, salaries. There's people on fixed income. There's people who have good jobs. There's people who work minimum wage jobs here. And there's all different walks of life. But no matter where you are financially, no matter what tax brackets you fill out, no matter how many zeros are on the end of your paycheck, if you're saved tonight, you're you're wealthy beyond compare. Uh, You've got riches beyond what this world has ever seen tonight amen you and I are possessors uh, of the greatest truth uh, and the greatest reality that this world has ever known tonight Christ died and was buried and rose again uh, and he became poor so that you and I might be made rich tonight amen what do the righteous have well the righteous have this we have the riches of God's goodness the riches of God's goodness tonight. You and I are overshadowed with the blessings of God in our life. Romans chapter number 2 tonight and verse number 3 says this, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such thing, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God, or despisest thou the riches of His goodness, and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that... The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You know what God has done in our life? He's overshadowed our life with his goodness. He allowed us to hear the gospel. He allowed us to hear of Jesus Christ. He allowed us to hear of Calvary. And on top of that, he bought us, he put us in his family, and he overshadows our life with his goodness. Amen. Don't, y'all don't get excited. The Lord's good to us. Amen. It's the riches of God's goodness. But then we think about the riches of God's grace tonight. What did Paul tell us? He told us the exceeding abundance of His grace, the exceeding abundance of His riches. I think it was Peter that said this, that in the ages to come, He would show us the exceeding riches of His grace. Now, I don't know that it's going to be like this, and you don't know that it ain't going to be like this but maybe throughout eternity God every thousand years or every million years He'll come back and He'll show us something just another aspect of His grace just another aspect of His goodness and while the ages roll on while eternity goes on while we worship the Master while we fall at His feet and we bow down and we exalt Him and praise Him because He's worthy He'll show us another aspect of His goodness and His grace Amen Amen the riches of God's goodness, the riches of God's grace, but then he'll show us this. He'll show us the riches of his glory. Thank God tonight that you and I are partakers of the glory of God. Now, he's not going to share his glory with us, understand what I'm saying tonight, but you and I are joint heirs with Jesus. Everything that belongs to him belongs to you and I. Paul told us in Ephesians that you and I are seated in heavenly places together in Christ Jesus. I'm richer than Trump tonight, amen. I'm richer than some Saudi king who owns a thousand oil fields tonight, amen. Thank God you and I have been partakers of the riches of God tonight, amen. Maybe somebody here tonight, you're trusting in your wealth. You don't have to be lost to do that tonight, amen. But don't trust in your wealth, don't trust in the things of this world because I want to tell you something. When you put your, put your, uh, you put your attention and put your faith in the temporal, the thing about the temporal is it's here today, gone tomorrow. Stock market could crash. Everything, it could go belly up. We wake up in the morning, this could be a different, different nation. But thank God you and I possess something that they can't steal. You and I possess something that will never rust. It will never fade away. It will never corrode. But it's eternal in the heavens waiting for you and I. While they come with a song tonight, let's stand together all over the Lord's house. As we look to the Word of God tonight, have a moment of invitation. I, I want this. Where is your trust? Where is your faith tonight? Is it like the rich man in Luke chapter number 12? He said, I, 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 over and over and over again. He trusted in himself. Where is your trust in Christ tonight? You may be here tonight. You may be lost without Jesus Christ. Your wealth can't help you. Putting money in the plate can't help you. Baptism can't help you. Communion can't help you. Good intentions can't help you tonight. But I tell you what'll help you. Calvary will help you tonight. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ God paid our sin debt at Calvary and it 's